Well, tonight, uh, Brother Mike's going to come up. He's got a message for us. Um, praise God for that. So I kind of get a, a little bit of a night off, so to speak. Um, so, uh, Brother Mike, come on, come on up. Hi, my name's Mike. I'm a missionary to Ridgefield. And uh, I attend God's Word Baptist Church. And there's my sending church. So uh, it's good to be back here. And anyhow... No, we've been sick a little bit. Lord, I should say my wife, bless her heart, has been a little bit sick. But, uh, amen, it's going around. So it is good to be back in church. as a great message this morning, Pastor. And uh, I originally told Pastor I wasn't ready, which I wasn't. And uh, after that message, uh, the Lord told me, you know what, you need to go home and by faith put that message together. Amen. So I put it together. Now, I like that, what Pastor said about there with uh, Elijah. And I had a big thought on that, and I'll probably put another sermon together on that. But there with Elijah, when he prayed for that rain, you know, a lot of times, he went through that. He went through that dry spell for a long time. And he got a little bit of help through all that. But you know what his biggest help was? The Lord. And that helped me a lot. So thank you, Pastor. I appreciate that. Uh, It was good. So how about... Proverbs chapter 24. Did a devotion with the kids in this verse. I mean, you read your Proverbs every day and you, you read this verse. And you know what? Amen. It was just one of those verses that just, just stuck. Appreciate the song. It kind of goes right with it. So, amen. Proverbs chapter 24. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for this book, Lord. Thank you for our pastor. Thank you for everybody here, Lord. I just pray, Lord, you give me liberty to speak, Lord, and bless each and every one here, Lord, just on the blessings of this field, the profitable ways, Lord. And Lord, just help us to learn from this book as you've always taught us, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 24. And this verse here, it says, prepare thy... I'm sorry. Proverbs chapter 24 and verse number 27 says, prepare thy work without and make it fit for thyself in the field. And afterwards, build thine house. You know, that's pretty much, I mean, American, you know, the American dream, you know, to go about and get a house. You know, that's what they say, you know, get your house and have some property and, you know, the dogs, the cattle, or if that's what you're into and all that, the American dream is to have your own house. And here the Lord lays this out. He says, prepare thy work without and make it fit for thyself in the field and afterwards build thine house. So the Lord tells you here, says, you know what? You got to prepare your work without. You know, I learned, I think, think I'd like to attribute this to the field of learning. I guess there's a title of the sermon to be profitable fields. That's what I could come up with. Profitable fields. We'll talk about three different fields. But I'd like to say that this field right here in Proverbs 24, 27 is a field of learning. You know, the Bible says, prepare thy work without. You know, when you go out to work, I mean, we taught our kids, my, my, I didn't get a, growing up, my dad actually gave me the, the, that, you know, to work, taught me how to work. You know, before my parents got divorced and did that, all this and that. But he taught me a work ethic just to, to work. You know, go out there and work. 
Prepare that work without. Go out there in that field and work. You know, you got to have some stuff when you go out in a field. I mean, Brother Doyle knows all about that. He worked in a field, worked on a farm. If you're going to go out there and till, you know what? You better have some gloves. <laughs> or you're going to get calloused, blistered, dirty fingernails, busted up hands. If you're going to go till, you're probably going to need some rakes. You're probably going to need some tools. Nothing worse than the one guy who prepared thy work without, you know, he, he, let's just say you went to college. Right? But he doesn't have any field experience. That's just going to stand there and hold the shovel and watch this other person dig. Am I making sense? Some people like that. That's why it's good you see some people that when they go to college, like Abby, for instance, she's going, I used her this morning, I said, hey, what? I just want to make sure. But she's learning business stuff. Learn how to manage a business in college. And then she goes over there to Rose Hours, and she's actually working in the field to manage a business. She learned her work without, make it fit for herself in the field, and then afterwards build thine house. You ever been around some people that just don't do that? I mean, in masonry, we've had to deal with all kinds of engineers. And there's nothing worse than an architectural engineer that gets in there and I mean, we did this Bromley building over there off Sandy Boulevard. Had a big old Ashton pattern. It's a beautiful building. And this engineer at that building, he designed this building where it had a, an underground parking. And then on, on where it came down in there, he had this wall. He had an 8-inch block wall coming up and then going at a 45. And then 7, 8, 9, 10 feet up more near was going to tie into the existing wall out of block. And this engineer goes, well, I, I drew it up so it can work. <laughs> and my boss, praise God for him, because he goes, I don't care what you got written up. It ain't going to work. And we're going we're to sit there and watch it just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Some of the words you can't repeat. <laughs> just saying. But I'm telling you what right now that I mean, I'm going to say Mike Sikorsky, this, this guy could just, he was like Popeye. He could just lay block like, just like on the cartoon, just fast as fast. And he looked right at that engineer and he goes, I don't care what you got written up. I don't care how you drew it up. He says, if you're going to build it, he flips a trout on. He goes, you show me how to do it then. And we're all just, <laughs> you know what they settled for? They settled for a steel gate and an awning. Because <laughs> this guy in the field was fit in the field. Not just because this guy who went to work in the college, you know what I'm saying? That's why they have that, that phrase. What is your field of expertise? I mean, it's Bible. You know, I'm not going to go try to be an electrical engineer. Like, what experience do you have? Well, you know, I, I've changed a couple light bulbs. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> you better go to school and learn something, you know. It's just not that way. Make it fit for thyself in the field. And I thought of that, that fit. You know, the New Year's, I want to be fit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right? But that's what it is. You got to prepare. You got to learn some things. P. 
PPE, you all know what that stands for? Personal protective equipment. I mean, there's Christian stuff in that too. Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, learns going to brought with truth, sword of the spirit, praying, shield of faith, heard about this morning. Now this context here in this verse is a is a field. And in this field you're gonna to have to perspire. Sadly, that's where a lot of people don't want to do. Amen? Amen? It's work. A lot of kids, they want the easy way out. A lot of adults, amen, I'm in the group, want the easy way out. I told Brother Mike the one day, we we're very blessed and fortunate we get a hunt in our backyard. <laughs> I get a high probability of success with the least amount of effort. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just the way it is, and I thank God for that, but that ain't the way for the Aldridge's, so to speak. They gotta go way out there and put in a whole bunch of work, and it's tough. You gotta sweat. You know what you can learn in the field? I notice that it's also personal. Whatever your field might be. It says, prepare thy work. Note that's personal. And make it fit for thyself. That's personal. I don't know what your field is this morning. I don't know what it is. I don't. Maybe it's just your work. Maybe it's someone. Maybe it's, I don't know. But it's personal. And afterwards, build thine house. You know, it'll help you. You got to make it fit. You know what the first mention of fit is in the Bible? I had to look it up just because I want to say fit, you know what I mean? Because we have this, I'm fit, I'm fit. And the first one we have is in Leviticus 16.21. And it has to deal with the scapegoat. Leviticus 16.21 through 22 is the scapegoat. What? There's two goats that are brought in there. Aaron is going to have to kill one. The other one, get Aaron lays both his hands on the scapegoat. And he bears all the iniquities and all the sins. He puts both his hands on the head of that goat. And then it says it is led out of there by a fit man. And it's not to come back to the camp. I said, well, well let's just, we're going to, we're not going to go to any of the typologies in that. I'm just going to skip all that. You know what I mean? We'll let pastor handle that one. That's the one. <laughs> what? Oh, oh man. I ain't going there. We know Mike. Mike's simple. I like to keep it easy. But the fit guy, he's going to take that. And why is he fit? Because he knows the land. He's going to make sure that when he takes that goat, amen, it ain't coming back to the camp. I don't want the sin coming back to the camp. Take it far away. Oh, okay. It's not like we just do this with our trash. You know what I mean? Oh, I just kicked it to the curb. I just didn't take my garbage to the curb. I just didn't take the goat to the curb. No, no, the fit guy, the garbage truck came by and took my garbage away. And I said, thank you. I don't want it back. That's the fit man. I mean, 
But the fit guy wasn't going to, he was making sure that that goat wasn't ever going to make its way back. Nobody wants the sins and the iniquities that I've done for the, the last year, praise God, in 2022 coming back to me. Thank you, Jesus. The fit guy. The fit man. And afterwards, build thine house. You know why you need to do that? How are you going to build your house if you don't work? You need money. You need to work to build your house. You need to keep on working. I like how this verse just lays it out. I won't embarrass my kids though, but I'll just I'll just keep going. It's, it's tempting, but I won't. Thank, thank you, Jesus. It said, prepare thy work without. You know what that says? It says work. Prepare thy work without. And make it fit for thyself in the field. You know what? Go to the field and work some more. And afterwards, when you get home, build thine own house. <laughs> and once you get home, work some more. My son, my son told me one time, I've been working all day. Get used to it. <laughs> Get used to it. It's work. And I looked out, I said, well, it's a biblical principle to work. I didn't make it up. <laughs> it's Bible. Prepare thy work without. Make it fit for thyself in the field. Then build thine house. You know, that's just physically. What about spiritually? You prepared? You've been reading? Amen? You got to be prepared. How's it going out in the field and telling people about the Lord? You ever have those problems? I found out a few things don't work. You're going to burn in hell! That's probably not a good spot just to start. Just saying. Don't do that. It doesn't really fit all that well in the field. It's not very caring. Not very compassionate. Charity never faileth. Granted, if you're getting some thorns, you might need a staff. You might need a staff. You might need a sword. But let the Lord do it, not you. Are we just building our house here, this church? I mean, that's our job. Especially as a, as a pastor, as a preacher, to build us up. But amen, I'd like to see some other people get saved. It's not all just about me. It's not all just about you. It's not all just about us. Now this time together we have, it is. But I don't want to get too far ahead of the message, but the Lord appreciates that. We'll just, we'll do it. We still got some time. Turn over to Ephesians. Talking about being fit and unity. You know, it's, pastor's got his, well, pastor likes Ephesians too. I won't say this isn't his passage. 
Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, and in verse number, um, let's see here, uh, 19. It says, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And I like that. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly Framed together, groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. I like that. Build it together. Fitly framed. You know that's how we're supposed to be with one another? Fitly framed. Fitly framed. In whom you are also built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. You know what I like that word habitation? You know why? Because it's alive. We're growing together. But there's also other people that need to come in here. Just like we did were. We were alienated once. Till we trusted in Jesus Christ and He became our Savior. Amen? I got that verse written down. I mean that May twenty seventh, twenty eighteen. Verse number 12, and at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth. Well, I read that and started crying. That was me. Just lost, dying, on my way to hell. And the Lord said, you know what, I'll save you, Mike. And now I try to fitly frame together, endeavoring to keep the unity and the spirit of the bond in peace with one another. Fitly joined together. You know, I'm all for building together. But we got to grow. You know, in the field is where you grow. We grow in here. Amen. But if you're only, let's say you, you attended all Sunday, Sunday school, Sunday main service, Sunday evening service, and you got three hours. And you came Wednesday too. That's four. Four hours of grow time. Where's most of your growing? How much time you spend out in the field? I'm just spiritually speaking. Reading, studying, searching after the Lord in the dry times. Do you know it's dry like Pastor was talking about this morning? Elijah. Relying on the Lord. And I like hearing from missionaries in the field. Kind of a little switch the subject, but that's their field. What are the works they've done over there in different fields? What it's like, the obstacles, experiences. Testimonies of people getting saved in the faith. It takes faith to go out there in a foreign country and tell somebody about the Lord, knowing that that's the will of God for you in your life. I like that. 
Is it possible to please God without faith? No, it's not. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Don't forget that. That I mean, that verse, as soon as pastor started talking on, and he didn't mention it, but the Lord goes, yep, there you go, Mike, that one's for you. I said, okay, I'm just going to preach this message in faith. Go home and finish it. Talking about the sheaves, talking about the field. I like hearing about people and their faith. Turn back there to Proverbs chapter 24. Now one's a field of learning. That first field, you have a field of learning. The second field, you have a field of laziness. Proverbs chapter 24 and and in verse number 30. It says, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles had covered the face thereof and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and thy want as an armed man. You know, it's a field of laziness. It's a field of slothfulness, as the Bible puts it. Verse 30 says, they were void of understanding. You know what? They weren't willing to go out there and work. Without a doubt, this goes right with Proverbs, the, the, verse 27 just to go out there and work. You know, he didn't learn. He wasn't fit. And his field failed. You say, why? It was all grown over with thorns and nettles, covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. And he neglected to work hard for whatever reason. He didn't want to go out in the field. Maybe he thought he was entitled. I heard that today. I was talking with a new, new friend of mine. This guy, Mike. Pray for him. He's his, his wife's actually going to donate half her liver to help somebody. I said, wow, what a thing. Anyhow, pray for him if you remember that story. She's doing that tomorrow. And, you know, I got off track on that. Oh, yeah, so his son didn't want to go out in the field. Some people just don't want to work hard. Some people just want to live in the house. They feel they're entitled just to do that. You know, I'm better than that. Well, no, you're not. Brother Doyle, he said something I'll never forget. And he's never forgot it either. I came into church one time, and I was, I, was, I was writing my sermons in that back room. I used to do that. And I came into church out, or he came into church house to clean the church with his wife. And Brother Doyle says, I was in the trenches of Vietnam <laughs> praying for a wife. 
and the Lord gave me my wife. Man, I get emotional talking about it. And you know what he did then? <laughs> you better get this. He went in to clean the toilet. <laughs> One of these days that's all going to click for y'all. <laughs> you better click. That's that's amazing. You go in to clean a toilet. I'm too good for that. He's thinking how good his wife. You know what I mean? I just, I couldn't, I still couldn't wrap my head around it. And he ain't never forgot it. I'll never forget him saying it. Entitled. That's not an entitlement attitude. He didn't say, well, I've served my country. I'm not cleaning that toilet. He walked right in there and cleaned the toilet. Amen. It's good to see men like that. A man. That's a man's man. That's a man. This slothful person, instead of learning and starting, he became lazy and slothful. Instead of perspiring and prospering, he became a procrastinator and poor. Verse number 34. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and thy want as an armed man. That first field, he was as an obligation and example to work. In this field, it's forgotten field, and you observe the excuses and the want. You know, a lot of people want, but they don't want to work. It's that simple. You know, you want something, you'll work. I mean, this, this guy, he had a vineyard. A vineyard. You know, like, that takes time. I mean, you can drive all around Ridgefield. There's vineyards everywhere. I mean, it's a lot of work. Even just having a garden. Like Miss Anna's got a garden. And it's a relatively small garden. But she gets a lot of food out of it. And it's a lot of work. I can't imagine him just having a vineyard. I know my neighbor's got a vineyard in his back in the back of his house, and boy, the deer love it. I don't think he's ever got one grape. <laughs> they just, they whoop up on it. You got to maintain it. Your field, your vineyard, whatever it is, your work, and it's money. It costs money. It costs money to buy this field that this, this slothful man had. And he just wasted it. He had a stone wall. Not that I would have known anything about stone walls. But I did consider it well. <laughs> I imagined that this stone wall was when they cleared the field. Maybe they pulled all the rocks out. That's what I'm imagining, because if it was a masonry wall, it probably it takes a long time for a masonry wall to break down. But maybe they just gathered up all these rocks and built a wall out of them, just stacked up. Still, that's a lot of work. Somebody put in a lot of work before that to build this wall for it just to go to pot.
And they stacked it up. All the way down, the borders and all that. Then the thorns grew up. And the nettles grew. You know how long it takes for thorns just to overtake like a vineyard? Not long. Not long at all. Less than a year. So my wife, we, we, we acquired a blueberry field. We didn't, we didn't buy it. We did, we just got, this guy was older in age. He was up in his 75 or so. He was in his 70s. I know that. He looked really good. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. But he was older. He couldn't maintain. He had 10 acres of blueberries. He had five acres in the back of his field that completely got destroyed. You know why they got destroyed? The thorns grew up, the blackberries, and annihilated it. Done. But the front part of his field, about half of that, about a couple acres of it, didn't get destroyed. And my wife went in with her mom, and my kids even helped too. And they cleaned a lot of those blackberries out. And we we were able to get some of the blueberries off it. But you know what it is? It's work. And if you can't maintain your field, you know, just decide, no, it's good to communicate with someone who can. Amen. That's what he did. We went over, communicated with him. Hey, can we do? Oh, yeah, you bet. Go ahead. And because that field got taken care of. I mean, he was like, yeah, you know, I went, dude, it's just, it's wasted. It's totally gone. You know, he was just down. We w- wife went in there with her mom and all the kids. I mean, I didn't do nothing. I'll just be honest. I didn't really do anything. I worked. That's my excuse. <laughs> Not in that field. <laughs> Amen. But, uh, you know what happened? What I did notice though, I did notice when they first went over there, he was down. I noticed by the end of that thing, that guy was like, I can't believe, man, it looks so good. Wow, yeah. And then he's, he's just he's just excited and his, his whole spirit, his whole countenance has changed because we communicated with him, because we just was a help to him in that field. The backfield of my house used to be all stickers. It's just, you, you, guess, you just can't chop them down. That was probably one of my favorite, my favorite lessons I've ever done with the teens is over at my house. I brought them over there and I, I said, look how good kind of my field, the gist of it was, look how good my field was because I mowed it down. They're like, yeah, your field looks pretty good. And I said, look at my neighbor's field. So he's got stickers everywhere. And I had the tree over there, but they didn't want to see the tree. And I said, yeah, you know what though? I said, but if you look close, you get down there and you look in that grass, those are stickers. And those are th- those are thistles, and those are nettles. I said, but it looks good from afar off. It's like they said, "Well, you look like a preacher, yeah. You can dress it up all you want, but you still got thorns and thistles." Amen. Yeah, you know what grows under thorns? This guy I know down the road. He just thought he just shot this deer. And a wounded deer around our place, if you shoot and it gets wounded in yours, it's going to end up in a sticker patch. So I went through all these stickers, and I just was talking with the Lord, and man, I got a whole sermon on that I just didn't go with, but a sticker patch. I went from a sticker patch from here over there past that painting that was eight foot tall. Walked through with a broomstick with a staff. You can meditate on that later. 
But going through that, you know what I found out grows underneath thorns and sticker bushes? You know what grows underneath thorns and blackberry bushes? Nothing. Nothing. And the Lord had drifted all those thorns and the thistles grew up and choked it out and they didn't become fruitful. The vineyard's gone. The wall's broken down. And that's how you look around America right now. Thorns everywhere. Walls broken down. Cares of this world and the riches thereof ventured in and everything's become unfruitful. You know why? Because nothing grows under those thorns. Nothing. You don't believe me? You come over, I'll show you. <laughs> you can go look for yourself. There's thorns everywhere around here. Just pick the biggest patch and start chopping through it. <laughs> you know what you're going to find underneath all those stickers? Dead stickers. And dead stickers, you put a match to those, they go up. You tie that into the judgment seat of Christ. Man, look how big that flame was. There was a lot of thorns in that one. <laughs> You ever lit off a briar patch, you'll know. I've lit off many. I'm going to turn over to Proverbs chapter 31. Working with your hands. Proverbs chapter 31. I noticed this virtuous woman works with her hands. My wife says, don't say it. I won't. I love you. <laughs> Verse number 10, Proverbs 31 says, Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. Amen. You know, uh, nowadays you couldn't tell a woman's hands from a from a man's hands because some of them got fingernail polish on. <laughs> Amen. I'm, and I'm, if you wear if a woman in here wearing fingernail polish, I'm not against that. I'm very. I'm not preaching against that. Let's just just getting that out there. But if you're a man wearing fingernail polish, I'm against that. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a little weird. Little, it's just weird. But back in this Proverbs chapter 31 woman, I imagine this woman had some calluses. I know it got quiet there. I imagine she had some dirt underneath her fingernails. I imagine you probably couldn't tell her hands from her husband's hands all that much, maybe. Maybe there was a longer fingernail. But back in the day, y'all had to work. It was field work and it was, you know, we didn't have all this technology. It wasn't commercialism. Amen? Amen? She is like the verse number, she, verse number 13, she seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like a merchant ship. She bringeth her food from afar off. She rises also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household, a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands, she planteth a vineyard. The reason I came to this is because I said, this slothful man, this is the field my wife would want to buy. 
I've seen this field. It's all broken down. There's a wall you can build, and I'll take care of the vineyard. Yeah, all right, you know. She's willing to work. Profitable field. She girdeth her loins and strengthened her and strengthened her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good, for a candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold to the staff. You know, she works. She makes stuff with her hands. The Bible says her merchandise is good. Verse number 18. Verse number 24 says, She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchants. You know, she makes stuff. She works with her hands. Verse 20 says, She stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yet she reacheth Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. You know, she thinks of others. Not just about herself only. Verse number 27, She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. You know, I know one thing about my wife, she, she works circles around me. Say, so you do brick, block, and stone, and that's hard work. Yeah, that's hard work. My wife still works circles around me. I mean circles. I get home, I'm tired. Let's go outside and, I mean, clean the yard. No, I don't want to do that. Why would we want to do that? <laughs> our last two anniversaries, you know what we did for our last two anniversaries? This is no joke. We went out back and cut sticker bushes. Yay! <laughs> She's laughing. That's the truth, though. I remember I told Timothy, and Timothy goes, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, work circles around me. You know, this virtuous woman, you know what? She, she isn't lazy. She's prepared her work without. She's made it fit for herself in the field. And afterwards, she built her house. Amen. Turn over there to John chapter 4 and we'll close this thing up. That first field, you got a field of learning. Second field, you got a field of laziness. This third field, you got a field of the Lord. John chapter 4, and we all know how this goes. This is the, the woman by the well. I must needs go through Samaria. And Jesus says here in John chapter 4 and verse 34, so Jesus said, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Say ye not there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receive his wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And here is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap therein, reap that wherein ye bestowed no labor, other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. You know, I see in that first field, you've got to be willing to work. In that second field, there's a want, but an unwillingness to work. And in this third, third field, there's a will of the Father. You say, what's that will to go? 
to go out in that field because there's still people that are dying and going to hell. Verse number 8, he says, I sent you. I sent you to reap there and when you bestowed no labor. He said, he said it ain't even work. <laughs> I thought you were preaching on work. Well, that's not what the Lord's preaching on. He said, I sent you to reap where you bestowed no labor. Other men labored. You're entering their labors. He said, he sent you out there. Just go. You bestowed no work. You know, I was down there. I built this chimney down here for the people that bought that church down there. They're turning it into something. I don't even know what. But every day at about 11 o'clock, I noticed the Jehovah Witnesses come down to this corner. A couple ladies come out there, two different ladies, two ladies one day, two ladies the next day, and they, they change. And they answer, were you ready to have a Bible study? You know, it gets a little... You know, you kind of get a little, uh, a little irritated, maybe a little bit. But then the Lord's like, well, what, what are you doing, Mike? I'm not having a Bible study with the people on the road. Maybe I'm not doing Maybe I'm not doing as much as I should. But maybe they're planting a seed that somebody, you know what I know? This is what I noticed. I noticed one guy got there to talk with. He was having a talk with them, and he said, you know what? He knew that what they were saying wasn't right. See, sometimes you just don't know. Some people are looking. Can I say that's how it was with me when I got saved? I was in a Pentecost. I went to a Pentecostal charismatic church. <laughs> Come up here and I'm going to lay hands on you and you're going to do whatever. And people laughing on the floor and I went up there and there's a bunch of frauds. Frauds. But then I went into the church, the Godsburg Baptist Church in Ridgefield. There's something different about this church. People still looking. So just because they're out there, you know, they're not part of the problem. The problem's me is not telling people. They might just be the little prick that uh, gets somebody thinking. And you might be the person that's going to come up and actually have the truth. Oh, that makes sense. I don't need just to know Jehovah. I need to know Jesus. You never know. You never know where anybody's at. I know you can't be lazy. Verse number 35. Say not ye that there are yet four months and then cometh the harvest. Don't be a procrastinator. Don't be lazy about it. Go tell people about the Lord. Say ye not. And look on the fields. They're white, ready to harvest. I remember I was talking with Brother Chandler. You, know, you always see this verse, Pastor. You see this verse that says the what, the fields. I don't know if we got one. I don't want to throw our church under the bus right now. It doesn't look like that's one of them. <laughs> look on the fields, white, ready to harvest. And you know what you always see? A picture of a wheat field. <laughs> it's like, well, is that, is that white wheat? <laughs> Last I didn't know that white bread or white wheat makes white bread. I don't think that's how it works. Just an observation. 
So I talked to Brother Chandler because he claimed he was one of the best cotton picker guys there ever was. Brother Chandler down in Arkansas, his dad was the best cotton picker. And after his dad passed away, he said he was the best cotton picker. Funniest guy. Well, he's a great pastor. Funniest guy to be around, you know. Anyhow. So I said, Brother Chandler, what do you think about this verse? He goes, well, it's possible that it could have been a cotton field. They talked about it. He goes, oh, we don't know. You don't know. But I do know one thing. I've thought a lot on that verse, and I've considered it well. And I remember one time I was driving out there to Morrow. We was building this courthouse up in Morrow, Oregon. And as I was driving all the way out there, there's just there's the hills as you're driving up the I-84, and you get the Columbia River on both sides, and the, the light's just coming up on there. And the only thing that's out in Morrow is windmills and wheat fields. And right at that right time, because it's right about October, and the, and the wheat's just turned about as brown and as tan as it can be, but right when that light just starts to hit that wheat, you're thinking, is that the snow up there because it's so high? Is it just snow? But you know what it is? It's just right at that, just that right glimpse of that light hits that wheat. And it turns white. There's a, lot, there's a world out there just full of darkness that needs the light of the glorious gospel of God. And the devil's blinded them and we still need to give it to them. And he says, look out on the fields. That's what the guy did over there in Proverbs 24. He looked over there and he said, I looked at it and considered it well. And he said, man, that guy wasn't doing nothing. And as a church preacher, and I don't want to be that part in that house in that field. The Lord told us to look on that field and go. Tell them about the Lord. And he said, it ain't even any work. You didn't even labor. Just go out there and tell them. But sometimes, you know what you might? You might, you might have to battle some thorns. Especially nowadays. You might have to start. I mean, a bunch of our walls and even our constitution and our states have been broken down. Might as well try to strengthen the stuff that still remains. But we know this whole system, this whole governmental stuff is garbage. And the only way it's ever going to get fixed is with Jesus. I've shown you that verse back there. The only time Pilate and other guy got together and they were loved each other was with Jesus. I am sold that that's the only way. What are we going to do? Give him Jesus. That's it. That's the only way it's going to work until Jesus comes back. And that's all anybody ever needs. That's all we all need. Other than that, it's just not, it's, there's nothing. People still looking for the truth. You know what? We're partners in this. I'm going to close with this. We're partners in this. We're partners in the field. It says, He that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. You know, we do this together as a church, as friends. And we rejoice together when somebody gets saved. I think of Cole getting saved. Many rejoiced when Cole got saved. I think of when Jonah got saved. Man, I rejoiced when Jonah got saved. When Ryan got saved. Gary been bringing him. I rejoiced.
Look at verse number 39. It says, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, He told me all that I ever did. You know who did the sowing in this one? <laughs> this is funny. The lady did. Come see a man that told me everything I did! <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> he just pointed out your sin. <laughs> Read it. That's what he did. In love and in kindness, by the way. It was her that did it. Like I said, you never know. Verse number 40, So when the Samaritans were gone unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many are believed because of his own word. And said unto the woman, Now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Notice they didn't say this to the disciples. Is it clicking yet? You got to love it when new people get saved. When new people get around the Lord and they start, you got to get around Jesus! And they're like, yeah! And they come and then they're like, wait a second. We don't want to be around you anymore. But we would rather, now we know because we've heard the voice of God. That's every preacher's dream, by the way. I'm not sitting up here like, oh, you ought to hear what Brother Mike said. No. Everybody needs to hear the word of the Lord. Everybody needs to hear God. And when that clicks for you, it's going to, I hope it clicks. I really do. I don't know what more I could, I just need to quit. I need to get off the. There's a field out there. It's called the world that needs the gospel. Are we willing to go? Are we willing to learn to work in the field? Are we unwilling and lazy and just want? Are we willing to do the will of the Lord? Where he said, it's not work. He also said, my, my yoke is light. It's light. Are you going to read it? You're going to spend some time in the field? The light of the glorious gospel of Christ. He willed that none should perish. Amen, Pastor.